Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable! And welcome, Avs fans. I'm Lauren Gardner here at the Pepsi Center. They got nothing but guts! Guts all over the place! I can't believe Colorado it! Colorado Avalanche complete one of the greatest turnarounds in NHL history. The Colorado Avalanche will return the next year to the Stanley Cup playoffs! And now, let's get you ringside with Lauren Gardner and the gutsiest play-by-play call in hockey, Mark Mosier. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Avs in Your Ear Holes podcast. Coming to you from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, as the Avs get to Canada for the first time this season. Lauren Gardner is back home doing whatever it is Lauren Gardner does with football. That's not our concern right now. That means Kyle Keefe has stepped in here at the Saddle Dome to take over once again for LG. What's up there, Kyle? Hello. Uh, I will say this is my third time to Calgary, and it never gets old. I, I'm a big fan of Calgary. It reminds me a lot of Denver. Uh, the weather, mm, not so much, but the town is awesome. People are nice. Uh, it's good building, good energy, uh, and hopefully the Avs get off to a good start. Let's hope they do. I should also alert everybody that Kyle forgot to bring a coat to Canada. So this morning when he now went out to get some coffee, he said, hey, can I come by your room and borrow your coat because it's freezing outside? And I said, sure you can. You should see Moser in the morning. I mean, imagine the worst you've ever looked as a human being and then make your hair stick straight up in the air and wear, you don't wear jammies, though, do you? No, no, I don't. No, you should. It's <laughs> rather offensive for another grown man. To I'm going for the UC Parkala look with my hair in the morning. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, the right. Abs goalie coach, he's got that sweet flow, high flow going. Yeah, that's well, what I'm his for. looks good on him. So we got that going for us. <laughs> All right, let's talk some Abs hockey as the Abs had four days off and they get back at it tonight against the Flames, a team that got them in Denver earlier this season. We'll talk about that in a minute, but Coach Bednar indicated the other day, Kyle, that the Avs needed to have those days off because it's a beat-up club right now. Some guys were nursing some things, and of course, Sven Andrigetto got hurt against Minnesota. He's now week-to-week with a lower body, and they just needed to get some rest time. Took two full days off before they got back to practice. Yeah, and you, you know what? I've, I'm kind of different on that. I mean, I know that the, the players may like I guarantee you that a guy like Nathan McKinnon doesn't want it. Um, a guy as hot as Miko Rantanen probably doesn't want it. Four days is a lot, and it's a quirky schedule. You know, you go just crazy in October, and then all of a sudden you get four days. And then after Vancouver, there's another three, four days before Nashville. So it is kind of a, you know, an... I think it's more of a mental challenge and a physical challenge as opposed to, you know, being on the road and playing every other day, you know, for for 10 days. I think the players, especially I've had McKinnon tell me this before, where he just wants to play games. You know, these guys have practiced enough. They never they're never off the ice anymore. It's now a 12 month sport. So these guys want to play hockey games. So I think it's more of a I wouldn't say more, but it's equally as challenging mentally as it is physically. No doubt about it. We're going to talk, of course, about the big line. I'm sure more here on this podcast, they've been carrying the load for the Avs all season long, and they've had to. When you think about secondary scoring, and we've talked a lot about secondary scoring, and Jerry Bednar said, hey, listen, the D may have to do even more of that because three guys that you counted on to provide plenty of secondary scoring before the year began, and Andrew Ghetto and Comfer and Jost, Kyle, they're just, they're just not available to you. Right, and that's, I mean, it becomes a, it becomes a must uh, take the top line out of it, and you're getting scoring from Carl Soderberg. You're getting chip-ins by Matt Nieto, but it has to come from the blue line. You, uh, you know, as much as uh, the power play has struggled, maybe that's where they find um, some resolve is is on the man advantage from the blue line. Guys like Tyson Berry, Sam Gerrard, 
uh, Eric Johnson. There has to be the more pucks that they can put on net and let guys like Landeskog and or Rantanen, you know, cause a little havoc in front of whoever it is. I think it's Mike Smith tonight. Um, you know, cause a little havoc and, you know, get on the board, whether it's an assist or, or possibly a goal. But as far as secondary scoring, especially on this road trip, taking on Calgary, who's won a couple in a row, and, and the Vancouver Canucks, who are quietly, you know, right at the top of the Pacific Division. These are not – it's never easy to play on the road. It's never easy to play in back-to-back games. So secondary scoring from the blue line is a must, not only tonight and on this road trip, but until they can get healthy and get some bodies But don't back. you feel like it's coming for Tyson Berry? Doesn't it feel like he's on the verge of getting there? Yeah. You, you know, well, I mean, he's still going to have 50 to 60 points. What about – yeah, I mean, last year you're like, wait a minute. Tyson had 60 points? You know, it's like, wow. You know, there a lot of them are assists, but he's he's so – vital to the success of guys like Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranson. He's the quarterback. I mean, he's the quarterback on that top power play. So, yeah, it's not that he's not getting points. It's that now it needs to be in the, you know, in the form of goals. You know who's an interesting dude? Ian Cole. You know, you think you know Cole's game. Remember him playing with the Blues when he was in the West, then he went out East, and now he's a Colorado Avalanche. But you get to know a guy's game when he comes to your team. So I went into the room the other day after practice, and I just sat down with Cole and was talking to him for a while. And he's he's an interesting dude as a dude, but the way he sees the game of hockey, he's a smart hockey player. Isn't and I didn't realize, yeah. He, yeah, I didn't realize he was as nasty as he was too. And he said. Man, you got to have some of that, man. i, I got to bring some of that. And we were talking about, speaking of Tyson Berry, we were talking about him being paired with Tyson Berry. And when you think about it, Peter McNabb made a very good point the other night. You know, this is really the first time Tyson Berry has had a true partner. This is really the first time he's had that other guy who is his guy. And Cole fully recognizes that in terms of what he brings to the game. And he can provide some offense, too, don't get me wrong. But he knows how offensively gifted Tyson Berry is. And he said, yeah, I said, hey, Tyson, you do your thing, man. I got, I got you. Tyson, I got you. Now, he said, listen, people also say, well, you know, Tyson Berry's offensive. He goes, no, Tyson Berry's good in his own zone. He takes great pride in it. Cole is telling me this, and, uh, and I'm not speaking out of turn here, because we've seen Tyson's defensive game improve. But what's cool is that Cole says, listen, Tyson, I got you. If you want to jump in, go ahead. We know how good you are, and you're going to help make this team go. So it's really a cool combo back there with 28-4. and four. Do you like Legos? Are you a Lego guy? Uh, not when I step on them, but otherwise yeah. I like to build things. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Who doesn't? That's what you want in a defensive partner, okay? And you brought up the point that Tyson's never really had one. Well, he's got one now, and they're Legos because they fit, much like Gerard and Eric Johnson. They fit, and it's when you start to see the chemistry, especially when someone like uh, Varlamov or it's Grubauer handling the puck, these guys know where the other guy's going to be. They know if the puck's going to corral around the end boards and they're going to have to you know, stop it on, uh, on the side and where their D partner's going to be, and they're making no-look passes, and the, the trust is there. Now, we're, what are we, 13, 14? What, how many games are we into the season? Emily. Emily, how many games are we into the season? Uh, she's not the best color man in the league for nothing. I think it's team no, game it's number 13. No, it's more than 13. that. Yeah, I think it's team here. game number 13. We need notes. This is it's team, team game, game number 13. 13. Okay, so we're 12 I games into the season. I know. Why did we ask you? I'm over here posting about. Okay, bye, Emily. Okay. Uh, you're, thir- you know, you're 12 games into the season. So to have that already um, I think is crucial. Here's the other thing that Ian Cole brings that I think a lot of fans would appreciate. You mentioned dude. He is easy to get along with, and that goes so far in a locker room. And I think part of the success – the early success for the Avs is that clean, 
cohesive, relaxed, competitive locker room. Now, last year through 12 games, I believe it was November 6th, eh, it was kind of, eh, you know, and then they make the big trade, and boom, 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 we're off and running. Right now, they have uh, what I would call a healthy locker room, and I think guys respect each other's roles. They know their role, uh, and guys like Ian Cole, Matt Calvert have fit in just, I mean, as smooth as you could say. He is really easy to get along with. I wish he was doing this podcast with me right now. So do I. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Instead of me, you mean? <laughs> I, the thing, let's be honest about it, too, with Eric Johnson. If, if he has any pressure at all, dude, he can just throw the puck anywhere in his zone, yeah. and he knows 49 is going to go right. get it. I mean, that, that's, the, that's one of the luxuries of having a Sam Girard. Dude, you could literally just throw it anywhere in the zone, and right. 49's like, he's like, a, he's like a dog, like your, like your golden retriever right. on a tennis ball. Boom, just goes and gets it. I mean, that's what... I'm not comparing Sam Girard to a goal well, retriever. Well, kind of, you are. I mean, you just did. So, But it's the same kind of concept, yeah, right? Yeah. You know what's really cool is when he gets on the bus and they start speaking French-Canadian. I mean, can you imagine if all of a sudden... You speak oh, French. French. I mean, it's French, but it's French-Canadian. Is it? It's French. Well, it's French-Canadian. Australia's a continent and a country. Right, and they speak Australian. I'm just telling Canadian. you. Did you know that? I know it's a country. I lived there for two years. I forgot about That's that. Right. right? Weren't you on the uh, the Sydney rowing team? I was on the rugby team. Okay, the rugby yes, team. Yes. My bad. And I played scout team and got ran over every afternoon. It Did it hurt? Wonderful. Yes, it hurt. Um, but you know, when you get on the, just speak another language. I mean, you don't speak another language, right? Uh, I'm very poor at French. I travel to France every single year, and I'm very poor at it. We oui, we. Oui. It's terrible. I just said yes, yes. No, I know you did, but okay. I'm just saying I'm I'm terrible at French. You um, try hard. Hey, let's talk a little bit about what's about to happen to this team, which is, boy, you played a lot of road games. I mean, you've been on a road a lot. They were dominant last year at home. I think they won like 21 of their last 25 at home. I'm not sure if that number is exactly correct, but it was an obscene amount. Well, don't ask Emily. She doesn't know. No, I know. But th- this is going to be a nice November. you got Thanksgiving and you got Christmas and the team's at home. So I think the fact that they've made it through the first month at 7-3-2, and two, I believe that's their record, Right, uh, right there behind Nashville. That is a huge plus. Knowing that you've got some home games coming up in front of your fans, your building, and right now in Denver, let's be honest: the Denver Nuggets and the Colorado Avalanche are the conversation. Not pointing fingers at anybody across the street, but right now that building is going to be packed, and that's a huge advantage moving forward in these last. It has been two months too. of 2018. Yeah, fans have been awesome at Pepsi Center, and they're going to continue to be awesome. And so we'll keep packing that place, Avalanche fans, because the players notice it, believe me. I mean, they, and they feed off that. I mean, it sounds cliche and it sounds, was it really true? Yeah, it really is true. Those guys love to have that building packed and everybody going crazy. I mean, that game against Ottawa the other night, fans were insane. Now, again, the top line and everybody gave them a reason to be with that huge comeback. And just but you were depressed. On At one period. point, I was depressed. I mean, Matt Duchesne goes out there and scores a couple goals and we're down. And it's like, oh, that, I mean, this is not what I expected. And then, yeah, I mean... They just burned rubber. I mean, well, it was impressive. For sure. But they've also wanted to be better on the road this year, and the road record last year was not good. That's why these two games are highly important, not only tonight, but also tomorrow night in Vancouver. And uh, they, they got to try to get it done away from home, Kyle, because I, I, I don't know about you, but I wake up every morning and I look at the standings. I don't know why I do it. I give myself brain we're good. I, I give myself brain damage, though. You realize there are five teams... About in the central with, with no with fifteen points or more. Oh, I know it's not fair. I mean, I mean, five teams with fifteen or more points, and you're going. You, I mean, you you can't even remotely take a night off. No, well, that's why last night's game. It's it's just hardcore. With Vancouver man. And, and Chicago, 
you know, you're, you find yourself cheering for teams that you really don't even care about. You know, they're in the Pacific Division, but, I'm, you know, Emily and I were talking about this last night. Who do we want to win? Well, I mean, you want Vancouver to win because Chicago's in the Central Division. Now, I want them to – they're a beat-up team too, but you, all you care about is the Central Division. You, you care about being one of the top two, maybe three teams because, in my opinion, it is – the most competitive division in all of hockey, you can argue that. Dude, it's brutal. Toronto. It's, let's be honest, it's brutal. It's brutal. Washington, Pittsburgh. I mean, the same teams in the East, but uh, you know, it's there is, as you said, there is no room for error. And now, as far as this road trip is concerned, if you can get one tonight, you get that for anytime you can split on the road, you're good. The team is four two and one on the road. That's awesome. But if you can get that first one. You, you can breathe a little. I don't want to say relax. You certainly can never relax. But, boy, is it, is it much nicer to win that first game. And let's not forget that Calgary came into Colorado and beat up the abs. And, and they were, uh, you know, the stars were stars. It was the same names. You know, it's Johnny Gaudreau and it's Sean Monaghan. It's Giordano and it's good goaltending. And so they're, it's, a, it's a tough building. It's a loud building. It gets real hot when they score. It's annoying. So, you know, get that first goal, you know, get some good momentum, you know, try and go into the first intermission with a lead and feel good about yourselves, and and hopefully it's a good road trip. Yeah, Elias Lindholm was good in that game. He's already got eight goals on the year. You're speaking of a hot building. I mean, they literally shoot flames out of the side of the scoreboard. I mean, like, it feels like your face is going to be warm tonight. You realize that. I hope it's not warm at all. Uh, uh, well, when they come out for the pregame skate, they do it. Well, too. That's fine. But I'll tell you this: I would take the hot, hot flames over the cannon in Columbus any day yeah, of the week. I agree with you in that regard. Don't hey, light a giant firecracker. <laughs> I mean, what what reasonable season ticket holder goes? Oh, I love this part. It's it's horrible. Let me let me let me put my pacemaker on stun, and exactly. then we'll go for it. Uh, hey, back to that game between the Avs and the Flames. I mean, it was. Two different games. The Avs had a 2-0 lead, outshot Calgary 17-10 in the first. And then, Well, Sam Bennett, he laid the big hit on Comfort. JT has been out since then. He hasn't played since that scored. game. Yeah, he, but he hasn't played since that game. And Bennett, yeah, Bennett had himself a whale of a game. He changed the entire complexion of that game on that one hit. The Flames came back. And if my numbers are correct, they outshot the Avs in the next two periods, 31 to 9. nine. Yep. And then, of course, they, uh, they won it in overtime. And, uh, I mean, it, what a great goal it was, Johnny too. Gaudreau. I know. Yeah. It was a great goal. So that, the, the Avs, I'm sure, have not forgotten about that. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, we're only, this is game 13 of the season, and it was, uh, it was that home game. But, but that, was a, that was a tough one for the Avs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Flames came back and really controlled, controlled periods two and three. And then Riddick got hot as the game went on. So hopefully we'll, we'll see what Smith brings tonight for the Calgary Flames. But this is a big game for this team in terms of, of season series and all that kind of stuff and trying to get back at these guys because Calgary had their way in the last 40 minutes of hockey. You know, it's such a cliche to say play 60 minutes. You know, you hear it all the time. I'm sure fans hear it all the time. We hear it all the time. The players are saying it all the time. But it, 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 it feels like it's really come into play so far this year in that the Avs may be absent in the first. Maybe they're slow. They were, they were slow uh, part of that second double, our last doubleheader in the first period. And then they play great in the second and the third. But in the games that they have completely controlled, they've won. I mean, there, there's not a game so far in the schedule where you can say, with the, maybe the exception of Tampa Bay. I thought in the Tampa Bay game they played – one of their best hockey games, and it was great goaltending, and they're a good team, and it was, you know, one mistake. I believe 
you know, a defenseman went skating by Stamkos, and there's Kucherov, and you can't do that. It's in the back of your net, and you lose the game one nothing. But I thought they played a complete game against the Lightning. But it really is a matter of putting a full 60 minutes. So I go back to, hey, you know, whether you're tied or have the lead after one, feel good about yourself going to that first intermission. I would agree. And the Flames historically in this building come out strong in the first. If you can get through the first five, ten minutes, that's what Survive. His, right. That's historically what it's been. Now, if you're the Avalanche, you've had four days off, you should come on out and get on it, too, in the first five, ten minutes and see what the Flames got on the home ice. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, they've, they've won a couple of games now. They won... Uh, they won an impressive win in Toronto, and of course they just got the shootout win. But it's a well, it, and they barely lost. And I'll, and I'll let me say this: to Washington in a shootout, right? right. And who was it? Matthew Kachuk. I mean, he was late in Washington, sent that one to OT. Little tippity tip, tip, tip. Led the the Calgary Flames in tips, tip shot attempts at net. That's a lot to say. Tip shot attempt. Um, yeah, you got a lot of T's going on there. Yeah, tippity yeah, toppity tip top tip tip tip. He did that. He he sent the game in Washington to overtime. They get a point. He won the game against Buffalo. Uh, you know, so it's it's he's six two, two hundred two pounds, but he's a Kachuk. He's a grinding kind of guy. Get those guys away from Varlamov. You know, we're going to see Varley tonight. We're going to see Grubauer against the Vancouver Canucks. So limit the traffic in front of those guys because those are the frustrating ones. Those dirty, greasy goals in front that you're like, ugh, that could have been avoided. So Let's, guys like uh, Ian Cole, Zadorov, Johnson, clear those bodies gonna out. Going to have to be big factors. Let's get to the goaltending. This is outside the top line. If it wasn't for the top line going as insane as they have to start the year. We'd be talking about goaltending. We'd be talking. And we do talk about it every game, but it's a big story for the Sav squad because they've settled into sort of the right mixture of games, I think, at this point. Varley is going to go tonight. Grubauer going tomorrow, as Peter McNabb would say. There's no question about, you know, Varley plays really well tonight and he's really hot. He has to go in the back-to-back. No, man. They've got two guys they can fully rely on. Both guys have been really good so far this season. And even in the losses, the goaltending has been good. You look at that Minnesota game the other night, two perfect shots. I mean, one went off Gerard. I mean, Stahl acted like he... You know, yeah, that he, was an absolute muffin. Let's call it what it was. It was, was a muffin. That it was a Tim Gerard's Wakefield arm. special. Yeah, and there's nothing that Varley could do about it. The first goal, there's nothing he could do either. And then the game-winning goal, of course, was an empty netter. But, but the, the goaltending has been good every single night. And if you're a guy playing in front of either one of those guys, you got to think to yourself, man. Oh, we, we just got to go on and get, get get some goals. Just go get, get go get us some couple goals here because our goalies have been that good. And right now, Kyle. They're both really confident. They're both really feeling good. Varley's safe percentage is nine five zero. I mean, come on, man! That's it's, the leader in the clubhouse. That's yeah, the best safe percentage in the league in the entire league right now. And so you got to feel like you got a great, great opportunity to win on any given night. He's uh, second in GAA, only to Halak uh, with a one point six two. Let's just put it this way: the between these two goaltenders, they've only lost three games in regulation. Okay, and that's including the Tampa Bay one nothing loss. So three games in regulation. They've given you a chance every single night. Varley, you could you could argue that Varley needs three goals. I mean, three's the magic number. I mean, that's what if the Avs score three goals with these two goaltenders, ninety-five percent of the time they're going to win. You know, because they're on their game. And I, what a compliment Philip Grubauer has been to Semyon Varlamov. I mean, the pressure I think that it takes off Varley and the pressure it takes off Grubauer. Is huge, and but I get it back. also drives them too because they bo- they both want the crease, it and does. they both know the other guy's playing good. It does. It's uh, you know, it's it's a it's a it's 
what good teams are. It's it's the Malkin Crosby. It's the you know uh, Landeskog, Ranton, and McKinnon. I mean, they're challenging each other, and by doing so, they're getting results. And I think you you see that in the goaltending. I, I, I certainly don't call it a battle. I call it a tandem. You know, these two help each other in more ways than one, and they're both again both so sort of even keel and cool and all that. Uh-oh, what just came across? Hey, we just got the word uh, here that uh, Emily, is it true? Miko wow. Rantanen has been named the wow. NHL Player of the Month for the month of October. Are you shocked? He should have. Yeah, dude. Uh, I got to retweet. Did you just tweet that, Emily? Let me, uh, let, me go to, let me go to the Avalanche Twitter feed. dun 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 dun, dun. NHL Player of the Month for October. So, Kyle, he's not the forgotten guy anymore. And he's the guy that everybody is now starting to talk about. Like I said, when I do some of the national interviews, yeah, we'll talk McKinnon. Yeah, we'll talk Landis Everybody wants to talk about Miko Rantanen, man. I was with him yesterday for, uh, we did a little thing with Miko. Yeah, you did a little thing, didn't you? Yeah, so I got to, uh, and good timing. I wish I'd have known him as the NHL First Star of the Month uh, yesterday. But, yeah, so... uh, Obviously talked to, to Johnny and Brendan and said, hey, can I hang out with uh, Miko for 15, 20 minutes? And, you know, him. Miko's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Tell me when, where. That's just kind of guy. Of course, he went outside in Calgary without a coat. I guess when you're a moose, you can do that. Hey, I can't uh, it's, judge that, no. tell everybody. I, I don't want to spoil it. So we want to, I, I, when, when you were talking about why is he always smiling, why are Finnish yeah. guys always having a good time? Isn't that a great answer? Do you want to give it out now? Well, I mean... It's either now or you can watch the broadcast tonight, but I'll tell you. And he's like, he sort of laughed and giggled, you know, the right, right. You know, little snirk. He's, uh, he's like, good parenting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> good parenting. And it is funny because, uh, you know, Billy Neiman was the first Finn that I really got to know well, and you as well. Um, it's just bizarre how happy you can be at all points of the day. I mean, you and I could take a page out of that. I mean, you and I fall into depressions. On a on a you know a ten minute basis. Yeah, I wish I was finished, man. I do too. I wish we yeah. were both finished. Um, but yeah, I was just you know just talking with him. You literally can ask him anything, and you know he's he's players never like talking about themselves, and he falls right into that category. You know, if I if I was going to get anything out of him, it was talking about McKinnon, it was talking about Landeskog, and it was talking about the start, and you know that's when he'll give you something. Um, just watching this coach on TV up here at TSN just basically take his clothes off behind the bench, yelling at the uh, referees. This is awesome. I love this stuff. Oh, he's Sticks a stick on. thrower, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a stick breaker and a stick thrower. This oh, is good goodness. for a podcast when they can't see what we're talking about. Well, I'm um, glad you went that direction then. Yeah, but it's, um, you know, he's just a pleasure to hang out with, and I think he's not, I think he's trying to take it in stride. And as Jared Bednar told the media the other day, you know, it was, in so many words, it was a little bit of slow, your role. Yes, he was terrific, but it's early in the season. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. The line's been terrific. Are we still going to be giving him praise if that line struggles at all? So, yes, he's playing out of his mind. Um, he got what he deserved in the first star of the month, and it's been a play. He's a moose. I mean, he is a moose. He's 220 pounds, 6'4", 220 pounds. I asked him yesterday, how big do you want to get? He said, this is it. I need to stay right here. He didn't want to be Dustin Bufflin or Keith Kachuk. He wants to stay lean and mean at 220, and he's going to be one of those guys that literally dominates behind the net. I asked him yesterday, you know, a ding-dong looks like a puck, right? Right, right, right. 
You remember Ding Dongs? Yeah, Emily, like, you're probably like, too young. Yeah, it's, to it's, like, it's the cream filled, oh, cakey uh, thing. Yeah. Wonderful treat. Chocolate icing on the outside. Oh, yeah. yeah, we should grab one before we. Yeah, dude, do you think they have them here? I don't know. They probably don't call them that though. What do they call them? It's like a, it's like a puck shaped ho ho. Yes. Right. So I said, you know, you're 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 terrific. You're almost Forsberg esque with the back check, you know, and slamming guys and keeping guys off the puck. I said, I'm gonna get a Ding Dong. I'm going to put it on the other side of you, and you try and keep me from getting that ding-dong. <laughs> because I, you like ding-dong. I, I, like ding I know dogs. you do. They're I, very tasty. Yeah. The thing about Randon, too, here's what, here's what for those who, who follow, you maybe already know, but here's what's made him so successful. First of all, he's getting more physical than he ever has. He's using his NHL backside. That's a, 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 that's a nice way, a family way of saying he's his using his butt, butt effectively, yeah. Number two, he's not... And he's gotten meaner too. I mean, he's gotten he's gotten more nasty. He's getting more physical. He's mixing it up, but he's learning how to use his body more than ever, and it's been awesome. But uh, the thing about it too is that he's not deferring nearly as much as he used to. He'd look for that pass and he'd look to give it away. But what he's doing now is that he's at times puck hogging just a little bit, and he will carry it into the zone. And Kyle, he's got this move where he comes down the wing now. And then he cuts it. He gets yep. over the blue line, and he cuts toward the middle of the ice. And you see defensemen, and they're going, "Oh God, what do we do?" Because he's so big, but he's also so silky smooth, and he can stick handle in the tightest of spaces through guys as a big fella. I mean, that's a hard thing to do. Who does who does that better than anyone in the National Hockey League? Who takes it to the middle better and is more effective than Alex Ovechkin? And last year, as we sort of saw Nathan McKinnon evolve into this beast offensively that's what he started to do he started taking the puck to the middle of the ice and creating opportunities for wingers um that are one-timers or he'll you know he's got that quick sort of austin matthews boom boom and it's up, up right past your ear hole and you're like what what just happened miko rantanen is starting to do that in fact i asked him yesterday a little bit about nathan mckinney i said do you almost have to cheat you know do you have to cheat on a play uh to keep up with the pace that Nathan McKinnon provides. I mean, you you literally have to know that McKinnon's going to do this a second before he actually does it, or you're out of position. Right. I mean, some of those snap passes on the power play that he throws right, you know, right in between defensemen, those are going the other way if you're not ready for it. So those two have built a real nice chemistry between the two of them. And let's not forget Gabe Landeskog, that's quietly second in the league with. Ten goals. Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, he's good. He's, pretty, he's, <laughs> he's got, pretty, good, he's got good hair. Pretty, pretty uh, good hair. Uh, pretty good uh, player. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we're out of here today, second line's going to be mixed up tonight. Kamenev going to be up there with Kerfoot and Wilson. That's good. I like that. Me too. I I, I'm I, I'm waiting for Vlad Kamenev to break out a little bit, dude. He's got everything you want. Talk to talk to Jerry Bednar about this. Yeah, I mean he's physical. He's got size, got a nice stride. He he's wins got face offs. Wins a ton of face offs. Jared put him out there in key situations. He's got, you know, he's got that hockey stance. He gets his legs wide when he's moving in, he's swooping in. I like that. He just needs to find his finish a little bit, get some confidence in that way, and then I think he's he's has a chance to to start really racking up some points. But he's got to start doing that a little bit here. The Avs are going to need it. But let's talk about that fourth line. And again, you have four different guys for for three spots. Drys. Greer, Bork, who am I missing? Dano. Yeah, so, and you made a good point earlier. We'd both be maybe a little surprised if Bork doesn't play because of the penalty kill. He's a good penalty killer. But I look at AJ, this is a real opportunity for him. He's gotten off to a good start with the Colorado Eagles. Leading the, scorer, if I'm not yeah, uh, two this, goals, six Absolutely, yeah. and and they said, hey, listen, this Jared, this is a guy that you need, when you're calling up, this is the guy. 
he, you know, some guys, they, they develop quicker than other guys, but this is a real opportunity for A.J. Greer, and I think he needs to figure out who he wants to be. He doesn't have to be an angry guy in this league, Kyle. He's got a big body. Mm-hmm. He's got nice size. He's got nice touch. He's got a lot of parts that you like. I think before he thought he had to come in and maybe rough it up a little bit and so on. The league is going so far away from that. He, If he comes in and plays his game, I think he's going to be just fine. But this is a real chance for him, and I'm looking forward to it because I like A.J. Greer an awful lot. Kind of a soft-spoken dude, but a guy that, that, that had a lot of hopes pinned on him, and they're still there for sure. I mean, they have still like him. He's done great up in Loveland. Now let's see what he can do with another opportunity here at the NHL level. This is not a brand-new thing for him anymore. He's done this before. You know, when he showed up to the Avs golf tournament, you and I were sitting on that hole. I was like, who, who is that? I mean, it looked like Scott Parker. I mean, I was like, that guy is a beast. I mean, his shirt barely fit him, and I'm pretty sure it was a large. Right. I mean, it ain't the Kyle <laughs> Keefe Schmedium we're talking <laughs> no, about here. No, I mean, he, he got big. I mean, he took it pretty seriously. Hey, Kiefer, you want a shirt? Yeah, I'll take a, a Schmedium. Schmedium, please. But he's, uh, he took it pretty serious, and he's getting an opportunity, um, and hopefully he makes the best of it. And I'll say this. If it's not the, it, it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really be watching that second line tonight. I mean, the fourth line has to do their job, but that second line with Kerfoot and Wilson, who got off to a torrid start, and Kamenev have to be good here tonight. And it's got to be, got to get Alex Kerfoot going. I believe last year he had 15, 16 goals, and maybe no, he had 19, 19 goals. goals. Okay, so there you go. I mean. He's got to get her going. I think, believe he's got just one on the season. So. Yeah, but it's it's also been tough too because he's had linemates in and out of the lineup yeah. too. You know what but I mean? But I mean, and he he is an intelligent hockey player. No doubt and, about it. And I don't it. mean that just because where he went to school. I mean that he sees the ice and he's he understands the game of hockey. So to get him going. Which power play has been better over the last? The second unit. Exactly. So, and, and that's the key tonight, too. You've got to get the power play cranked up. There's two for the last 14. Right. And what, it's time to get it rocking and rolling, and man. You know Put what? that puck on net. Exactly. Sometimes it's too many passes. It's the pretty play. At the, at the end of the day, this is how you get Tyson going. This is how you get those greasy goals is put the puck on the net and let's see what happens. That's How'd they score that goal against... Uh, Minnesota the other night with Landis Gog right down. I mean, just get it on net and see what happens. Yeah, Landy had three kicks to the can and got put on his gut and, and, still, he, scored. and still scored. So, yeah, you got to have more of that for sure. Coming up tonight against a, a Calgary Flames team that, again, here in this building, I mean, these people love their Flames, and the Flames are a team that many have predicted can battle for a spot in the Pacific and in the Western Conference for a playoff spot. And sometimes it's a tough team to figure out, but they've got a lot of ability, Kyle. I mean, they're a dangerous club. So these two games are, are a good test for the Colorado Avalanche, no doubt about and it. And as good as the penalty kill unit has been for the Avalanche, I believe they're third in the National Hockey League right now, this is one of those teams when you see them put that lineup out there with Giordano, uh, you know, quarterback in the power play, oh. Monaghan and Gaudreau. And, I mean, it's... It's Lindholm a, it's is playing scary. great, as we and, talked and about. And we saw what happened when you went to, when you go to OT against these guys too. I mean, it, it, it's the way on both sides. Uh, yes, nobody Johnny wants Hockey. to see Tyson Berry, Nathan McKinnon, and Gabe Landeskog or Sam Gerrard. But you know, it's the same thing with Johnny Gaudreau. He can he can beat all three of you, or you know, create something for somebody else. So you don't want to get into too many odd man situations. Do you smell jalapeno brats? I smell something, and I'm starving. I, it smells like sausage or a brat, doesn't it? What do you say we go get one? Let's do that. All right, let's wrap this up. All right, thanks for listening again to the Abs in Your Earhole podcast. Uh, again, Lauren would say like us, friend us. What else, Emily? Subscribe. Oh, can I say something? Sure. I guess I should say this. This uh, When do we take Nashville on? Wednesday? Is it Wednesday? Wednesday, yeah. This Wednesday, Riker and I will start our first podcast. Uh, I've 
diligently taken notes on Mosier's setup and how he did everything, our podcast is called Sideways in a Hurry. And it will be, uh, it's called Sideways in a Hurry because we've been known to go sideways in a hurry on random topics. We'll have uh, Johnny Lyles from time to time get into some crazy stories with Riker about, you know, his times in the National Hockey League. He sees things from a different perspective. So it's always fun to, to chat with him. But be looking for that uh, on Wednesday. It will be Sideways in a Hurry with Mark Rycroft and myself. That's the name you're settling on? Yeah. I mean, that's officially the name? Yep. I mean, it's it's you've seen, if you've watched the post game, you know that things can go sideways. Well, dude, I've known you for twenty years. I know. I'm just saying more than that. It's about that. It's not always accurate, but it's fun to watch. Dude, I want some sausage, man. Let's go. All right, let's do it. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. Like us, subscribe to us, friend us. What? What? Again, Emily, that's it. She says sure. Lauren will, she'll be back next week too, and she'll yeah. handle all that and stuff. The, She's good at that. The ratings go up when you have Lauren. I apologize to everybody for being. So close to Mosier. I appreciate your apology. I mean, I saw you in your jammies, sort of. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Talk to you next week. Go, Abs. Go. Go.